0: You're listening to a trainumentary commentary track. On this episode, Dave Liebman breaks down the track Crescent. Well, of course, when you have to choose the best, your favorite track, it's kind of a desert island question. You know, What would you take if you could only take five records? It's hard to do with somebody like Coltrane because um, his repertoire was so vast and there's so much to enjoyable, great music. But this particular record, this track and the next track, Wise One, stand out to me for a few reasons. It's done in 1964. It's before the very famous and better known Love Supreme, which does sum up the quartet's work for the last four or five years. But this has a poetry, a beauty, a lyricism about it tied in with the intensity that he usually played with. So it's not ballads, which is obviously beautiful and lyrical. It's not Love Supreme, which is deep and passionate and intense. It's the mixture of both. His choice of notes, it happens to be that the tunes that he's playing have what we call chord changes. So they're, it's rooted in the past in the sense that uh, there are some scales. and There are things that you have to follow, which of course he was very adept at. It's not the modal music which he's so well known for as Love Supreme Evidences or tunes like Impressions and so forth. So it's somehow the past and the present that he's um, exemplifying in this, in this, um, on this record. The other thing is, as we hear right now, when they go into time, this rhythm section, the chords, the sound, the lightness, yet the deep swing is I've never heard time like this in my life right there Elvin and Jimmy and McCoy's floating over it and then John starts here very lyrical playing beautifully his soul to me sounds like it was written out it's so perfect very simple very lyrical And he starts to dig in a little here. And his rhythm it's not it's not straight. It's almost a feeling of what we call rubato, but in time. He's giving and taking, which is what the definition of rubato is. He's fast and slow, yet he's in time. he's swinging. but he's very very loose rhythmically. And there's a little bit of that multiphonic uh, double note stuff in there. And his sound is just even throughout the saxophone. This is what every saxophone player would love. To sound the same on the bottom register as you do on the top register. And the blues. The blues feeling that Coltrane had almost all the time. Even when he didn't play a blues per se, there's this feeling in the sound of the blues. That yearning, passion sound. Right there he misses a note. No problem. Here's something beautiful. There's that saxophone stuff. Rhythm section, very calm. Providing a bed, soft bed for John to do do his thing. I mean, this is our chord changes, which is amazing. And then he puts this lyrical phrase in there. right here so he kind of pulls it down now he'll start a new episode and then McCoy drops out so now we're in chapter 2 which this band was very good at uh, episodic playing, I call it plateau playing they would go up raise the level, even out and then start again very Indian music type episodic playing repeated notes here one idea and then he goes up high here first time he goes into the altissimo and the way John played on the altissimo was really um, different first of all he's the first one to really use it extensively and he did it with a color a sound of the voice in the altissimo other guys would use it in a more clear bell like way These skips here are down. Blues feel. Repetitive notes, very important in trained stuff. And this stuff is amazing. He answering himself. About 64, 65, he started to do this a lot. Duetting with himself. Low to high, high to low. Answering himself. Question, answer, question, answer. Right there. winding down. Elvin, very, very cool. Uncharacteristic, but remember studio recording, and these guys definitely played different in the studio than they did live. They had a whole different setting. he goes back to that episodic thing. Da-da-dee-da. That Beautiful melody here. <laughs> Blues, and then the restative at the end, back to the melody. So also the thing about this is this rubato intro, this middle tempo, let's say slow middle back to rubato unusual not the common thing that was being done in that day and age and the beautiful melody and here you have Elvin really coloring the way Elvin would do on rubato a lot of tom-toms a lot of low stuff and cymbals like a timpani McCoy's feels a great the way he feels the melody recording yeah. yeah, it's a melody you just can't get enough of <laughs> It's great melody. And the little fills are great Different for the ending, extended cadence. McCoy and him, and then he ends up really strong here. Little filler stuff. Had a way of playing on a chord when he played with rubato that was beautiful finally resolving. And then a real finale. So there's always something a little special at the end of the tune that you don't hear any time before. This little answer is great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Yeah. Sounds like they had a good time. Now, there are alternate takes of this that are fantastic, too. Uh, This is poetry. For more information on the program, visit trainumentary.blogspot.com.